Seven Keepers History of the Old World. So how about it then, Septimus? How did this Luther Harkin, this pirate king of the Vampire Coast, lose his magical powers then? Ah, well, he brought it on himself. Now, this story I was actually going to tell after the rise and fall of Lamia. But, thinking about it, both portions of his life are very distinct from each other. So we can, um, well, tell them out of sequence without really ruining the thread of his narrative. However... There are perhaps a couple of things you should have at the fore of your minds as we tell the story. Firstly, if you recall, Luther Harkon, while still truly alive and then known as Luther, led the harbour guard of the city of Lamia. It was during this period of his life that he received the Dark Kiss, transforming him into a vampire. I'll go into that in much more detail when we return to the tale of Nagash, though. Secondly... Know that, after the destruction of the city, he too fled. But, unlike the majority of vampires who fled to the west, into the uh, lands that would become Araby, or north, into the wilds of the old world, he instead went east, masquerading as a necromancer. For not inconsiderable was this mastery of the dark arts. Here he laid low for centuries, growing in power, wealth, and arcane skill, until news came to his ears that his cousin, Wallach, now stalked the lands of the young empire back in the west, and that the blood flowed easily there, and the trappings of life were good. Luther was both intrigued and allured, and some say that a long-forgotten yearning for kith and kin stirred in his cold heart. And so, certain other ancient sources tell us that he journeyed west over land in a great caravan train, sheltering in his sarcophagus during the day to recuperate his strength, but terrorizing each territory he passed through by night. Every skirmish and every raid growing his forces until an eclectic, undead column of creatures ranging from giants, ogres, men, orcs, and goblins, guarded their master as he moved west. Ok, so from what you're saying then, by the time he reached your empire, he had a whole army at his side? Ah, indeed. And I've no doubt that this army would have run rampant through the old world upon its arrival, were it not for, first, the denizens of the Darklands, and then the dwarves of Karak-Kadrin, absolutely decimating his forces as he progressed, leaving him with barely a handful of retainers by the time he made it through Peak Pass. Oh, yeah. There, uh, uh, Master Tavernkeeper? Ah, an excellent question, my most noble knight. And, uh, well, if you'll excuse the indulgence, a topic worth taking a little tangent for. 
as one of my best friends back in Skeggy, a dwarf who went by the name of Strolvark. Oh, Strolvar! Heinrich, Heinrich, I've met him. By Tepok, he can drink. Took me about three days to recover after the last time he came to visit here in the tavern, didn't it, Septimus? Ha, 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 ha. Lucky you. Took my cellar about three months to recover. Ah, uh, anyway. Old Strolvar actually spent a great deal of time in Karakadrin after becoming a slayer. Although he called himself a berserker, being a uh, Norse dwarf by descent and all. Oh, on his, uh, on his father's side, that is. Ach, so is that why he shaved off all of his hair and didn't leave a spiky strip down the centre of his head? You know, like the uh, guildmaster Alric Wrinkledraz's son Aldar did when he took the slayer's oath. Because old Strolvar was a berserker and not a slayer. Ah, indeed. Very perceptive of you, uh, Master Alchemist. But they're the same animal, really. Just a uh, different... Stripes, so to speak. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is most fascinating, Master Tavangeeper, but at this very moment, I am just wondering if I will ever be able to get back to my own story, or are we destined to go very deep into some rabbit hole once more? Ah, 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 ah. Don't worry. I promise to be swift and to the point, my noble knight. Oh, no, 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 no. That is not what I meant. Please do not skimp on the details. I am more than happy to simply relax and listen as I enjoy your rum. Just uh, do not dive too deep, my dear tavernkeeper. What? Ah, I understand what you mean. And yes, actually, the idea of you sitting back and enjoying your rum sounds a tad too dangerous to me. Come on then, let's step to it. Karak Kadrin and Peak Pass. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Karak Kadrin, which means the hold of the mountain pass in the dwarf tongue of Kazalid, is probably best known as the Slayer's Keep, for reasons we shall come to in due course. It is a dwarf stronghold that lies due west of the site of the Battle of Drakenmoor, and stands guard over the northern mountain pass known as Peak Pass, the second most northerly way through the world's edge mountains, lying south of the treacherous, blizzard-blighted High Pass, that road of icy death that only the desperate and damned dare use. Peak Pass, in contrast, is an important trading route connecting the lands of the East to the Old World. Karak Kadrin sits towards the western side of the pass, yet still high up in the mountains. Unlike some other dwarf holds, it is built into neither the tallest nor the most impressive mountain in the locale. Rather, the most defensible mountain was chosen, itself rising up from a river and then flanked by taller and more daunting peaks, providing obstacles both low and high to any would-be invaders. The hold has become rich as a result of its location, benefiting from the trading caravans that journey through Peak Pass in both directions, and inevitably stop over at Karak Kadrin. The dwarves, both there and in the many outposts that they garrison along the route, provide a most welcome 
dose of safety and security for the vital trade route, for which the merchants, who use the pass regularly, are more than happy to pay in tolls. But with great wealth comes great dollops of trouble, as Peak Pass is an invasion route for the rampaging armies that sporadically amass in the Darklands and seek to pillage the Old World. However, Karak Kadrin is the anvil upon which these armies are smashed, and despite all of the conflict that comes at knocking at its door, it has never once faltered nor fallen. But why is the hold full of slayers, you must be asking? Well, the answer is twofold. One, it's history. The other is its well-earned reputation as an unassailable bastion against the dark tide that saw it become a magnet to dwarf slayers from across the old world. What better place to meet your doom than one beset by the fiercest of enemies on almost a daily basis? Thus, as a result of having scores upon scores of the strongest and, uh, well, most crazed warriors from across the old world within it, the reputation of Karak Kadrin as impregnable has grown and grown and brought hardier and hardier defenders to its halls. For obvious reasons, this has led it to now being oft referred to as the Slayer's Keep, becoming a focal point for the worship of Grimnir, the fearless fighting Slayer God. So much so that I recall our mutual friend Strolvar telling me the following. Skeggy, a decade earlier. Bad Grimnir's beard, I tell you what, Manlin. Much as a misk has drengi, the Slayer's Hall. One thing I do not miss about living in Karak Kadrin is tripping over the feet of all of Grimnir's clerics that have set up shop there. Go meet your doom already! I used to tell each and every one of them on a daily basis. Actually, thinking about it, that could be part of the reason they kicked me out. Ugh, so they've a whole hall just full of slayers. That'd be the last place you'd want to pick a fight. Oh, ah, indeed. But, uh, that's not all old Strolvar said about Karak Kadrin. 